Say you're a property investor that's considering commercial property. And if you've tuned into our show, we haven't spoken too much on the world of commercial property just yet. However, it's definitely something that we help many customers with and something that I've added to my own portfolio as well. So in this episode, we're going to go through commercial property. When does it make sense to add it to a portfolio for different types of clients? Where they've really gone well and how you can use this timing of its start in a portfolio to benefit yourself. Now, I've had the experience of over $250 million in commercial, whether it be from lending experience in the past career in the banking space and working indirectly and directly with business bankers, or whether it be my own purchases and purchases of a client. So I can't wait to share more on this with you on today's episode of the Investigate Podcast. So when can commercial investing fit into a scalable property portfolio? This is an important question because when it comes to commercial investing, it plays a key part in what we call creating passive income. Now, just to bring you up to scratch, commercial investing and its importance of passive income comes in the format of two things. One is the rent increases continuing to come across at either inflation, CPI, or 3%, 4%, 3.5%, which is more common as well. So you will have that consistent trajectory in rental rise. The second thing is commercial properties' rental incomes tend to be much higher. Just to give you an example, a million-dollar property, say residential, might yield at three to four percent gross. So three to four percent gross that equals about thirty to forty thousand dollars in rent. Then you've got to go on the journey of taking away repairs, maintenance, property management, insurance, council rates, water levies, whatever it may be. And you're probably hovering with a rental yield between 2 and 3% instead. Other side of the equation, commercial property might have rental yields of 5 to 7%. And that means in that same million dollar equation, it's 50 to 70 grand. However, at most, the only two outgoings might be property management, which in some cases can be covered. It's all deal dependent. And secondly, insurance, which again, certain cases as well. And so when you start to think about that, that means that that rental income could be 20 on a 5% net yield after those extra costs, up to thirty dollars to $40,000 more for the same price of property. And so you can see why this becomes attractive to investors because all of a sudden, it starts to create a stream that helps them reach their goals of retirement. Now, when it comes to the pros, the cons, the breakdowns, we're not going to go through all of that in this episode. We'll do that for another time. What I want to show you is that hey, you're in a position to maybe add commercial, you really want to add commercial to the portfolio, and you'd like to understand where it makes sense. Now, this where it makes sense is what I've seen from over 500 purchases for clients. Many of those were commercial investors and over $250 million in experience when it comes to commercial property itself. So let's go into it. There are two periods in which I think commercial property investing makes sense, either at the start of your portfolio or towards the tail end. Let's go through both sides. On the start of the portfolio, I've noticed this really fits well with A, high income earners or business owners. B is those with a large amount of cash holdings or large amounts of equity in their home. And C, those in a more mature phase of their age when it comes to investing, I'm thinking 40s, 50s, 60s, who envision their capability to put together deposits or pull equity quite easy. Why is this important for those at the start? Well, 
It allows you to secure your income assets. It means mentally you can imagine a world where one to two properties might be debt-free. And it doesn't have to be now, but you can imagine that world in 20 years, 25 years. And so when you start to imagine that, even 15 years, you start to see, okay, one commercial property, say at a million dollars or just under, just over, starts to give you 50 to 60 grand or 60 to 70 on an income basis, assuming it was debt-free today. But in 20 years, it might be double the income at 100 to 120, for example, or 80 to 100 to be even more conservative, but debt-free. So you're mentally able to do the math to get to go, well, if I have one of these and I can get a debt-free, and then now I have a second one of these and I can get that debt-free, I might be at 160 all the way to 240 potentially on that example of purchase prices of debt-free rental income if I can make these two happen. Now, there's loads of way to make that happen through stopping buying, focusing on paying them off and putting all the income back into the deal. Number two is you might downsize your home. Number three is you might have extra savings from your business or high income and you keep putting in the offset accounts. And look, 20, 25 years is a long time. Typical loan terms are 30 years. So it should be gone in 30. But with these extra little tweaks and changes, suddenly it becomes 15 to 25. So these facts are now making you go, well, I've secured the income that I'd like to have from my portfolio. And then now people plant those income assets. They then transition to securing their income, wealth creation, generational wealth, diversity. I know I've said a lot of cool words there, but essentially this is where someone now starts to add residential property to insulate their portfolio. This could be due to the fact that residential properties are far easier to tenant, far more consistent with getting uh, your valuations or capital growth assumptions. And then also when it comes to passing them down, you might have multiple family uh, members, multiple kids, and you might want assets across the board. And this is where residential can be a little bit more bite-sized and easier to pass down, easier for them to hold and understand. Also from it, it allows for more ways to actually pay off debt on your commercial investing through consolidating or selling some of your residential. So these can be part of that equation as well. The main thing as well is that you have multiple streams. So your whole income journey is not reliant on one, two commercials to fingers crossed and do everything. It's a very common thing where people start off with commercials in that business owner, higher income, higher savings position, more mature age, and then they start to insulate it with some residentials after. Giving them peace of mind that they've used their capacity to begin with to secure their income assets for the long term. Now that's one way. This is something where they insulated and protect their income, start off with that, and I've assisted many clients on this journey. Now we're going to go through the second way, which is having commercial towards the tail end, your most common scenario that I see. This is where we've started our residential investing with foundation assets. Things are a little bit bigger in purchase price, spread across some major cities to give people certain comforts. And then now we move on to momentum properties, spreading them all across the country, looking for the best areas, looking for that little bit of extra lending, good rental yields, regional capital, doesn't really matter. It's all about where the data says. And then now we go and look at our portfolio and say, hey, I've got good diversity. I've got multiple residential properties. I feel comfortable that if I stopped buying today on the residential front, my two, three, four, five, whatever million dollars of property portfolio achieved, you can see the compound calculator and see where it'll be by your retirement. You can get rid of assets, clear debts, and you feel pretty comfortable about where your portfolio is heading. Now we want to look at income assets. This is where the focus is, you know what? Maybe if it doesn't grow as much, 
Okay, it's part of it. I've got other things to do that. Hey, you know what? Maybe this is vacant for a while. Well, that's okay as well. I've got other assets that are continually finding tenants. Hey, if it does go uh, to a bigger purchase price, not 1 mil, 1.5, 2 mil now, well, very difficult to save for these deposits, but maybe because you've built the equity in your residential portfolio, for the typical person, it might be easier to pull out that equity as they've got multiple assets growing faster than what they could save. And then lastly, when it comes to getting lending and working with banks, there are certain banks that like to have a hold of some residential assets as well as commercial assets. Uh, Not always recommended, but sometimes it works. And this is where they might offer you better lending terms. So you get better commercial terms when you have both in your portfolio. So looking at all of this, this allows you to then bridge the gap that many fail to get past. Deposits, larger deals, comfort with large vacancy, comfort with an asset that doesn't grow as consistently or as much when you see certain numbers, this is something that can be uh, comforted then when you have all those personal holdings in residential property. Also, this now allows you to same thing, secure those income assets and know that you've got the residential assets in the future in case you can't save enough to clear the debts or offset them to be able to pay down some of your commercial debts through selling and having a choice of what to sell. Imagine you've got four or five residential properties and you can look back in the future, you can start to say, well, this one did really well and I'll pull out that one, keep the others. And again, you create that same stream of diversity in income. So just to recap today, in terms of commercial investing, there are a lot of key benefits here. And I have used it personally as well as for many clients, but it's about balancing your position, your risk appetite, your ability to save and or build a deposit your age in terms of what you feel is a priority to you. And that may help you uncover whether you think commercial investing comes at the start or towards the end. When you think of this through, this can help you then secure your income assets, whether it be at the tail end of your portfolio or whether it be more at the start. And as a result from there, then you can start to go, well, I can insulate my commercial properties quite well from the consistent world of residential property. Easier valuations, larger lending availability in terms of loan-to-value ratio, easier to find a tenant, all sorts of things that give comfort, whether you started commercial and protected it with residential, or whether you had commercial towards the end other after having a big residential portfolio. The final thing you can do is also a hybrid of the two. Imagine if you have commercial one to start, commercial two to start, you can do the same insulation of multiple streams of income with multiple residential, uh, multiple commercial properties. And so from that front of things, you can get the same outcome of the two, but you've just kept going multiple commercials. However, the equity unlocking, the bridging the deposit gaps, more money down, does mean that your overall compound wealth pool is likely to be lower, just because of the nature of lending in Australia for commercial properties. And so from that aspect, there is a con there, but the pro could be reaching your income goals substantially faster with a less is more approach. Now, if you found this valuable and you'd like to consider commercial investing, reach out to us at investikit.com.au where you'll have an initial chat with my team and then have a detailed discussion with myself to be able to understand if we can help you with commercial property investing. Just to give you some insights on the typical things we look out for, number one, minimum three-year or more leases. Number two is a rental yield range of typically between 5.5 to 7% net. Number three is a tight due diligence process on tenant types, locations, and so forth. And then number four, 
a portfolio planning approach that considers what you currently hold and what deal that you may need. Most importantly, whilst we have purchased commercials in the sub 1 million range, we do recommend that if you are looking at commercial investing, that you operate in that 1 million to you know, beyond. We had recently purchases for 880, 990, and even in the 700s. So this is definitely possible. But why I feel that 1 million and beyond works out better, it's just the deals end up being better because there are less buyer competition in that range. I find that I'm able to have longer leases, better net returns, stronger tenant profiles as the deal sizes get better for people's portfolios. If you're thinking of reverse engineering what sort of cash you might need for commercial investing or equity, I just look at it in anywhere between a 20 to 35% deposit. And this depends on certain assets, banks, and so forth. Secondly, I'd look at having some regions that have no stamp duty, you know, the ACTs, the SAs, and so forth, to at least keeping 5 to 8% aside for costs as well of the purchase price. And that should help you reverse engineer some cash holdings and or equity positions required. Our team and extended network also supports with commercial finance. So if you'd like to reach out, reach out at investikit.com.au and hope you found this of value to understand where it might fit in a portfolio. Thanks again for tuning in to the Investikit podcast.